Good afternoon, everyone. <coughs> Finally, I start to read the text of Shobogenzo Zenki. Uh, this fascicle of Shobogenzo is short and precise and not so complicated, so when we have a clear understanding of what Zenki is, then I don't think we need so much time to <coughs> read and understand this writing. Uh, let me read the first paragraph. <clears throat> the great way of all Buddhas, when it is completely penetrated, is liberation and manifestation. Liberation means that Life liberates itself from life and also death liberates itself from death. Therefore, there is leaving life and death, there is entering life and death. Both are the great way that is completely penetrated. There is Abandoning life and death, there is crossing over life and death. Both are the great way that is completely penetrated. Manifestation is life. Life is manifestation. All the time of the manifestation, at, I'm sorry, at the time of the manifestation, there is nothing but the total manifestation of life. There is nothing but the total manifestation of death. Uh, the first sentence is the, uh, about the great way of Buddha. First, we need to understand what this great way. I think we know Buddha. But great way is kind of a <coughs> vague word, what is this way? You know, we often, often use this word way, uh, but it's a difficult word to understand. Way is, of course, a translation of Chinese word, dao, or uh, in Japanese, do, in Chinese, dao. And the word Dogen use is Butsudo. I'm sorry, he said Daido. Great, Dai means great way of all Buddha's Shobutsu. Shobutsu no Daido, great way of all Buddhas. And do or dao is a very important word <coughs> in China, in Chinese uh, culture. You know, both in Taoism uh, <coughs> and also <coughs> uh, Confucianism, Tao is really important, very basic concept. And uh, they use this same word, Tao, in different ways. 
in a case of Confucianism, Dao is uh, something like as a member of a community or society, we need to uh, walk certain path, certain way, certain standard. That is the way uh, in uh, Confucianism. But Taoists think the way, the true way is much larger than this uh, human kind of ethics or morality within the society. So his Taoism uh, uh, said way is, the usual way is not the way. Way has no name. And uh, <clears throat> the interesting point about this Chinese character is, you know, this part. I'm sorry. This part means head, head. And this part is a uh, movement of our legs. So uh, when our face is starting dire certain direction and we move our legs, then we go certain place. That is the very original meaning of this Chinese word. So there's a direction and there is a movement, activity. So there's one uh, goal or destination we need to go. So then we have to uh, face uh, to that direction. And we need to walk toward that direction. That is a very, very original meaning of this word, Dao. And uh, in order to go to a certain direction, there are many possible ways, but when people go there and it's, uh, how can I say, accumulated, the uh, people figure out which is the best way, most uh, direct way, and which is dangerous. Some way, some route might be uh, very uh, long, but might be safer, but some way might be short, but might be dangerous. So people try to walk uh, many different uh, possible routes. And f when a certain route is considered the best way, then all people follow that way. That is uh, another or second meaning of the way. That means we need to walk following a certain way established by certain people. That is what we, if we, we want to reach there safely, you know, this is the best way. That is another second meaning of the way. We walk following certain people or certain tradition or direction. Anyway, uh, this word way is used by Chinese Buddhism, I mean Ch Chinese Buddhist, 
as a translation of not one, but quite a few, at least uh, four or five very different words. That is the problem to understand uh, this word Dao or Wei is used in uh, Buddhist text. Uh, first usage of this word Wei is as a translation of body. Body means awakening. This is kind of strange why awakening and Tao can be equivalent. But uh, that was their understanding. I mean, uh, in early Chinese Buddhist, they interpret, interpret, interpreted Buddhist terms uh, uh, based on Chinese, uh, Taoist philosophy. And this Tao is a reality beyond humanity, beyond our thinking. And that is probably that was why uh, they used this Tao for Buddha's awakening or enlightenment. So for example, uh, you know, there is an expression such as Mujodo. Mu is no, and jo is uh, up or above. So the way without anything above, that means supreme way, highest way, or ultimate way. And this mujodo is a translation of anuttara samyak sambodhi. Anuttara means uh, is uh, unsurpassable and uh, body is way. So uh, Chinese people use mujodo, supreme way, as a translation of anuttara samyak sambodhi, ultimate awakening, Buddha's awakening, is called a supreme way. So when, uh, for example, in Shinjin Mei or Shinjin Min, uh, in the very beginning of this uh, beautiful long poem, said supreme way what is that has no nothing difficult that this supreme way is buddha's way buddha's awakening and uh, you know when we chant four uh, bodhisattva vows the uh, fourth one is buddha's way is unsurpassable we about to realize it this Buddha's way is also Buddha's body, Buddha's awakening. Buddha's awakening is unsurpassable. That refers to uh, Anuttara Samyaksam body. But we vow to realize the same awakening with Buddha's supreme ultimate awakening. That is uh, our four, fourth vow. So this is the first usage of this word Dao. And second is the translation of Sanskrit word Maruga. 
Maruga is a path. Uh, for example, uh, eightfold noble path in Chinese is Hashodo. Uh, Hachi means eight, and this show is correct or right, and do is way. So, eight correct ways is a hashodo or eightfold noble path. You know, in this case, this maruga is, a, I think, as English path is better than way because this is the way from samsara to nirvana. Or the samsara is uh, uh, where where we suffer. And nirvana is cessation of suffering. And this eightfold noble path uh, is a, a path we need to walk to reach the cessation of suffering. So uh, this way is more concrete way we have to walk using our own uh, feet. This is practice, so quite different from Buddha's awakening. Actually, Buddha's awakening is, in a sense, a goal, and Marga is the process to that goal. And another third Sanskrit word that is translated into English, into Chinese as the way is gati. Gati is like a destination. And this is used, for example, Rokudo. Rokudo is literally six ways. And this six ways means six realms of sansara. It's interesting, you know. Uh, we are transmigrating within sansara. That is called six ways. And uh, we are searching for awakening. That is the way. And in order to uh, go reach there from here, sansara, this path is also the way. So here we are now, starting point, and the goal, and the process are all ways. That is strange but interesting idea, at least for us, you know, we people who study Buddhism in, through Chinese uh, Buddhist uh, scriptures. <coughs> and another uh, Sanskrit word, this uh, way is used in Chinese Buddhist text is, for example, uh, is, uh, what is the word, charya. Uh, charya is used, for example, uh, bodhisattva charya. Bodhisattva charya is translated as bosatsu. Do. 
Bosat is Bodhisattva. Transliteration of Bodhisattva is Bosat in Chinese and Do. And in this case, this Do is translation of Sanskrit word Charya. C A R Y A. And this Charya means practice. So practice is also called the way. You know, this is how this word Dao or way is used in Chinese Buddhism. So when we did you know, this kind of expression, Buddha or great way of all Buddhas, we need to think what this way means each time. That, uh, and uh, the important, not so important, but kind of interesting point in Chinese Buddhist or Chinese people is when they translated uh, Indian uh, text into Chinese, they don't, they didn't keep the Chinese, uh, Indian original text. They forget about Indian text. So they only read Chinese translation. That in that case, uh, unless they are the Sanskrit scholars, common Buddhist, Chinese Buddhists don't know such you know, detail. So this way is used in a very vague, as a very vague meaning. It can mean anything, any of them, for you know, common Buddhist. But when we translate, we have to uh, think what this means. And uh, so I read many you know, examples of usage of this word Butsudo in Dogen's and other texts in Japanese and Chinese. And there's no way, to, no way to make decision precisely what this means. We have to think this Buddha way can mean all of them. That means, you know, uh, Shakyamuni Buddha, in his past life, he aroused a bodhicitta and took a bodhisattva vow and continued to practice uh, life after life as a bodhisattva. Uh, and it said, in Pali text, he practiced 10 parameters. And in Mahayana, it said he practiced six parameters, but not so different. Anyway, so this entire process from uh, the time he allows bodhicitta, that means uh, taking a vow to become Buddha. And in this entire process of uh, as a bodhisattva practice, and uh, this is also the maruga. He needs to he need to walk, actually, using his own body and mind. Uh, and this process is uh, practiced uh, for saving all beings or helping people in the six realms, 
in order to do so, uh, he could not or he did not enter Nirvana. He made decision to stay in Sansara, where people are there. So uh, he was within this entire process. He was within six realms. Sometimes he was like an animal or birds or fish. Or he was he practiced as a very different uh, type of people. Sometimes he was a king. Sometimes he was a monk. Sometimes he was a merchant. Sometimes he was a bandit even. So uh, he was in Sansara, six realms. So this entire process of uh, Shakyamuni walking from the time of arousing body mind or bodhicitta and attaining Buddhahood, this within this process, all of them are included. And finally, he attained another Samyaksam body and other uh, body tree. So, uh, actually, this great way of all Buddhas include all those at least those four elements. So I'm sorry, but there's no way to point, pinpoint what this means. This means uh, what Buddha did within this process of arising bodhicitta and attaining Buddhahood. And not only Shakyamuni, this is an important point in Mahayana, not on in Pali text, uh, Bodhisattva, Bodhisattva or Bodhisattva in Pali differ only one person. That was Shakyamuni before he attained Buddhahood. But uh, in Mahayana Buddhism, uh, people started to think not only Shakyamuni, one person. So uh, in that case, Bodhisattva is always the Bodhisattva, one person. But in Mahayana Buddhism, Buddhism people thought any one of us can be a Bodhisattva when we allow Bodhicitta and uh, walk the same path following Shakyamuni's example. That is, uh, the, I think, as a philosophy or a idea, that is a very starting point of Mahayana Buddhism. Not only Shakyamuni, but any one of us can be Bodhisattva when we allow Bodhicitta and practice following Buddha's example. So in the case of uh, this great way of all Buddhas, we are, as a Bodhisattva, we are also walking within this great way. And we follow the example of what Shakyamuni Buddha did. And actually, attaining the Buddhahood or attaining the Anuttara Samyaksam body is not the goal. As we know, when Shakyamuni attained the Anuttara Samyaksam body under the body tree, you know, he couldn't stay there. Unfortunately, he wa I think he wanted, <laughs> but because he was asked to stand up and go to the deer park, and he started to teach. 
to share this awakening to other people. So he continued to practice the same thing until he passed away for 40 years. So uh, you know, this Buddha way is really endless. But within this endless great way, uh, we are also in it. And as a bodhisattva, we allow bodhicitta, and we receive bodhisattva precept, and we take uh, bodhisattva vows, four vows. Uh, we are walking in the same way as Shakyamuni did. So in this case, uh, we need, we, I think it's uh, possible to understand this Buddha's way, or a great way of all Buddhas, is the way we are walking as a Bodhisattva. So this is not only for Buddhas, but Bodhisattvas are Buddha's children. So we need to walk the same way as Buddha. And the next word is uh, completely penetrated. This is uh, the translation of a Chinese expression, Gu Jin. This word gu or q means to study or to investigate or to inquire. And jin means uh, thoroughly or completely without anything left. And this expression gu jin came from the Lotus Sutra. So almost everything not everything, but many of the important expressions Dogen used uh, came from the Lotus Sutra. And this word, Gujin, also came from the Lotus Sutra. And this is very important uh, words or expressions in the Lotus Sutra. It is used, uh, for example, in the sentence such as, <clears throat> uh, only a Buddha together with a Buddha completely penetrated the true reality of all beings. This is my translation, but uh, original Chinese expression is Yui Butsu Yo Butsu Nai no gu jin shoho jisso yui butsu yo butsu nai no gu jin uh, sho so this yui is only 
and this yo is together. So I translate it only Buddha together with Buddha. Uh, no means able to or capable and gojin completely penetrate, completely understand, completely clarified. Uh, this word shoho, this shoho is all beings or things. And this so is true form. But I uh, don't translate this so as form, this, but I tra just try translate this as a true reality. True reality of all beings. So this sentence is only Buddha together with Buddha can uh, completely or thoroughly penetrate the true reality of all beings. This only Buddha together with Buddha means no human beings, only Buddhas. No human beings can penetrate, only Buddhas can. And you know, this sentence is really important for Dogen. He wrote one uh, fascicle or a chapter of Shobogenzo entitled Yuibutsu Yobutsu, only Buddha together with Buddha. And he wrote another chapter of Shobogenzo entitled Shoho Jisso, a true uh, re reality of all beings. And he often used this word, Gujin, completely penetrate. And uh, I think last year I, uh, we studied Yoibutsu uh, Yobutsu at Gringaruchi last summer, I think. Uh, and basically, what uh, Dogen said in Shobogenzo Yoibutsu Yobutsu is all of us have been practicing and completely penetrating the true reality of all beings with Buddhas. That means, you know, this shoho, this shoho jisho, in my understanding, is, uh, you know, this interdependent origination through space and time. And within this, there is a relation or connection. Uh, it, each and everything is connected with each other. And this totality is, as I said, is Buddha's Dharmakaya. So we are already within Buddha's Dharmakaya. That is a basic point. So, Shoho Jisho, true reality of all beings, is true reality of ourselves. And that is what you know, Dogen said in Shobogenzo Inmo, I introduced this morning. Because, precisely because we are in, impermanent and no self, we are people or person of darkness. We are completely part of this uh, Dharmakaya. And this Dharmakaya is true reality, true reality of all beings. 
and that is nirvana. So we are already part of the nirvana. But as a person uh, in our mind, we are still in samsara. We, our way of viewing things is very limited and distorted. And yet we think this distorted and limited narrow view is actual reality. And that is delusion. But uh, you know, we human beings live with this ab ability to create the delusion is reality. Right? We cannot live without thinking uh, as human beings. We need samsara. And as a bodhisattva, we need to stay in samsara. So that is the meaning of samsara and nirvana are really one thing. It's, these are not two separate things. This is really one thing. That is uh, one of the very basic teachings in Mahayana Buddhism. So uh, our practice is not uh, to enter nirvana. Uh, you know, now we are suffering within samsara. Therefore, we think it's nice to enter nirvana. Then we can reach the cessation of suffering, and we can live without suffering. It's a kind of inter uh, interesting way of life, but uh, I'm sorry, but our life, our, our practice is not to enter nirvana. That entering nirvana is a direction, but, you know, because of, of our bodhisattva vow, first vow is being a numberless. We vow to free them or save them, and this word save or free is translation of do. Do literally means to cross over, cross over the river. And this shore is samsara, and the other shore is nirvana. So this free or safe means we help all beings to cross over this river between samsara and nirvana, between this shore and the other shore. And this vow, you know, beings are numberless, we vow to save them or free them, means I don't enter nirvana until all living beings enter nirvana. That means I will be the last person to enter the nirvana. So until all beings enter nirvana, I don't enter nirvana. That is our vow. This, so our, when we take those far, this first vow, we vow not to enter nirvana. So uh, if you practice to enter nirvana, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that is not our practice. We stay in samsara. And yet, if we think in that way, this vow is a really strange vow. That means if we are all bodhisattvas, who enter nirvana? 
all, all boys thought was a working dishwa. <laughs> and say, you need to go to Nirvana first. <laughs> I'll go after you, all of you enter Nirvana. And all the people, all the boys sat by us say, you know, go ahead. <laughs> and no one want to go. <laughs> That's a strange thing. But if you, if you go to Japan and go to a restaurant, <laughs> same thing happens. <laughs> or everyone said, please sit <laughs> fast. And no one, you know, sit. But I don't know if that is a uh, practice of Bodhisattva or not. <laughs> anyway, so this is a strange vow. That means uh, no one enter Nirvana if we are all Bodhisattvas. And this strange vow, strange point of this vow is really important point. That means there is no such river. And Sansara and Nirvana are not two different places. But when we work, practice, and live uh, with this attitude, please go ahead, then this shore becomes Sansara and Nirvana. Instead of, you know, me first, <laughs> uh, I need to be uh, number one. I, I, need to be a winner. You know, that also we have to compete with others. If we live with this attitude, then this is really sansara. Uh, in order to be, uh, to be happy, we have to uh, make other people unhappy. Otherwise, I cannot be a successful or winner. In order to make one person a winner, all others need to be yeah, loser. You know, this is really sansara. But if we take vow to live together with all beings, then this competition doesn't work. So our purpose, not a purpose, but the meaning of our life is not to be successful or to be, become a winner, but living together with all beings in harmony. If we live in that, with this attitude, and take a vow, then uh, this shore becomes a nirvana. That is actually, I think, actual meaning of this first bodhisattva vow. You know, we beings are numberless, so there's no time we can feel, fulfill this vow, because beings are numberless. There's no time we can. Uh, save all beings. So that this vow is really endless vow. That means if we say, now I, I completed my vow, then that is a lie, <laughs> not true. So we are always in the process. This vow is really an endless vow. So vow is not a goal. But vow is a, is a direction we walk. And, uh, that, and uh, in each step, we try to walk toward that direction. But there's no time this vow can be fulfilled or completed. So 
we uh, go take a step, one step each moment toward that direction. And some, sometimes, or more often, we find we are going somewhere else instead of you know this uh, direction of uh, saving all beings. Then when we aware that we are going some uh, somewhere else or different direction, then we try to return to that direction. This awareness of we are going somewhere else and returning is repentance. So as a Bodhisattva, this is what Uchamuroshi always saying, uh, uh, vow, taking a vow, Bodhisattva vow, and repentance should be always together. So repentance is not, uh, in this practice, repentance is not something negative. Means I made such a such such a mistake, so I I have to say you know I'm sorry. I try not to make the same mistake, but uh, repentance is uh, awareness of incompleteness of our practice toward this endless direct endless vow. So whenever we find we are we deviate from this direction, we make repentance and return to that direction. And Uchiyamoroshi said, this is what we do during Zazen. You know, our Zazen is just sitting. Just sitting means keep this upright posture and breathe through our nose deeply from our abdomen. And we keep our eyes open. That means not sleep. And we let go of thought, or opening the hand of thought. That is what we do, as a just sitting. That means we, our practice is really just sitting. Whenever we found we do something else, then we, we something else means thinking or sleeping. These are the kind of two ways we start to do. There are not, we cannot do so many things <laughs> when we sit facing the wall. <laughs> but uh, only these two are main things we can do, <laughs> sleeping or thinking. And whenever we found, uh, you know, we are thinking. Thinking means, you know, even when we sit facing the wall, still, as I said, I think yesterday, our, our brain, continue to produce thoughts. That is a natural thing. And our practice of Zazen is not a method or practice to eliminate those thoughts. So we don't fight against thought. Thoughts are coming and going. But uh, sometimes uh, we start to think about our thought. We start to interact with thought and, th and th think, this is a good idea, <laughs> or I hate that thought. When we do such a thing, then there is a separation between, within our zazen. Part of me becomes subject, and thought becomes object, and there's, uh, we do interaction. 
this is thinking. When thoughts are just coming and going, it's just coming and going. It's, as I said, it's like idling. But when we become a subject, and those thoughts become object, and we make evaluation or judgment, or we try to fight against it, or we want to grasp it, if we do such a thing, then uh, our mind is separated in two, two parts, subject and object. That is what is called thinking. So whenever we found we start to do such a thing, we stop doing it and just return to this just sitting, uh, upright posture, breathing deeply, quietly, and smoothly, and keep our eyes open and letting go of thought. That, so those four points, or just sitting, is, in a sense, a point of returning. So when we often go somewhere else. So whenever we, found, we find we are somewhere else, we deviate from just sitting, we return to just sitting. So Uchamura said, to stuck or to stay in this just sitting is not the purpose, is not the uh, meaning of our Zazen. But this, uh, of course, Zazen is just sitting. But within this just sitting, we are always deviate from that point. So whenever we, found, uh, we find we are not just sitting, then we return to just sitting. This returning is important, most important point in our practice. And when we, when we thinking, uh, our mind separates into two parts, and those thinking uh, seems like a like real thing. But when we are aware that we are, we are thinking, then let go, then all those things happening in our mind disappear. Uh, but unfortunately, next morning it appears. So we have to let go of thought, you know, which Amuro said, billions of times. So whenever we deviate from just sitting, we return to just sitting. And whenever we deviate from this Bodhisattva bow, the direction toward Buddha, or saving, living together with all beings, we return to that direction. That is very, uh, not very, but this is Buddha's I'm Bodhisattva practice. That means we are not deceived by our thinking. Whether our thinking is thinking might be good, we are deceived by good thinking. And we mistake, you know, thinking and reality is the same thing. That is the problem. Well, anyway, here we are. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm talking about this yoibutsu yoibutsu and shohoji so. In this true reality of all beings, our ability for human beings, our ability to create illusion and delusion is included 
that I think that is in a sense the same thing as you know uh, in the uh, f first case of Shoyoroku when Buddha just sitting, Manjushiri said this uh, you know uh, saying nothing, silence is true teaching of the Buddha, and one uh, she said that. That Manjushri's announcement was something extra. That is the illusion. We don't need to say, you know, that is reality. But anyway, uh, this announcement by Manjushri is also part of this uh, interconnectedness. So it's also included. So our ability to create or produce uh, delusions or illusions is part of this true reality. But if we are deceived by all those thoughts, then this becomes a problem. But when we see delusion as delusion, then we are not really deceived. Then we can study so many things from our delusion. How this delusion is produced from our mind that is really interesting and important study of true reality of human beings. How we can create sansara. Then, then we can be free from sansara. We should understand that sansara is created by us, not by some demon. But we create sansara. So when we are not deceived by our own delusion, then we can be free from sansara, or even we can enjoy sansara. Like I know, if we, when we watch movies, if we think what is happening on the screen is reality, that's a problem. But if we think we know that is not a reality, but it, a kind of fiction or illusion, then we can study so many things from the movie. So it can be very educational. But if we think what is happening in the on the screen is reality and try to fight against or uh, you know interrupt what is going on, then we are actually really create problems. So uh, important point is not create delusion or thinking, but see delusion as delusion. That is very basic point of our practice of letting go of thought. By letting go of thought, we take a vow not to take any action based on those, you know, self-centered idea, and just sitting. In that uh, situation, we are not deceived and take action and make new karma. We are just being here peacefully. That's all. So that's why Buddha, not Buddha, but Dogen said, this just, things, just sitting, this shikantaza, is Buddha's practice, not a human practice to make, to become Buddha. This practice is not a method or a means 
to go somewhere else. But this practice is just settled down right now, right here, and not being deceived by our illusory thought. That's all. It's very simple and very down to earth, and yet very difficult. It's kind of boring <laughs> and painful and endless. Uh, well, so this yoibutsu uh, and this gujin does not mean we eliminate all those delusions and seeing this true reality of all beings. But uh, we are not deceived by those illusory thought. Then we are right within this true reality of all beings because we are already there. So we just, uh, how can I say, discover that we are already there as a part of this interconnectedness. Anyway, uh, so this, I'm talking about this word, Gujin, completely penetrate. And so this completely penetrate does not mean we completely understand, but this is within reality, we are already there. Nothing is lacking. So when we are really there within a great way of all Buddhas, that is completely penetrated. And Dogen said uh, that is liberation and manifestation. Liberation and manifestation are two sides of, uh, not side, but two aspects of uh, this total function, the movement, or, uh, our life within this uh, interconnectedness. And uh, manifestation is translation of genjo. Same word, same genjo in genjo koan. So to means to go through. Uh, and this to is can mean uh, as a compound like a to mei. That means transparent. When a piece of glass is transparent, then all the light go can go through. That is the kind of idea of this to, and that means same that's in shinjin that's raku, dropping of body and mind. So this means we can freely go through any obstacles. So there's no obstacles and there's no separation. 
always going, it's not restricted. That means freedom or liberation. And genjo, gen means to appear or become. I mean, I mean, jo means become, to become or complete. So genjo is, uh, gen means actually or this present moment or reality or actuality. So I translate this genjo as uh, uh, sometimes manifestation, sometimes actualization. That means things actually happening right now, right here, is genjo. And that is one aspect of uh, you know this you know total function within time and space. You know each person or each being manifests itself just as it is, and yet uh, this person or thing does not, uh, cannot stay one place, cling to one place or one condition. It's always moving and changing. That is what todas means. Things are changing. That is one side. And another side, in each moment, we are 100% there. That is two sides of uh, Total function, and this is what is, I think, the same thing that Dogen uh, said in Genjo Koan, using the example of firewood. Basically, what he said uh, in Genjo Koan is uh, you know, within the flows of time, at this uh, present moment, firewood is just firewood. And uh, when it's burned, it becomes ash. And before this thing become firewood, this, I think, used to be a tree, living tree. And a tree is, uh, used to be a seed. You know, seed grow, permeate, sprout, and grow and become a mature tree. And when tree is cut and split and dried, then tree becomes firewood. And when firewood is burned, it becomes ash. And when uh, ash go around, uh, eventually it becomes a part of the soil, return to the soil. And uh, ash can be a part of another tree. So this is how things are moving and changing. And this is not only 
the tree and the firewood and the ash. This is our life. And when tree is uh, matured, you know, tree has uh, fr flowers and fruits. And within the fruit, there's a seed for the next generation. So this is the way life continues. One way is to, from the uh, seed, this uh, next generation of this tree continues. But as a, uh, mm, the materials become firewood as a next life, and firewood become ash, and ash become something else. So this is the way things are changing and going and moving and uh, living, actually. But Dogen said, uh, firewood stayed in the, uh, what is the word, hoi. I'm sorry. Means dharma position. When firewood is firewood, firewood stay or dwell within the dharma position of firewood. That means this is hundred percent firewood. And he said the uh, before and after is cut off. Before and after is cut off means only this moment. This is hundred percent firewood. You know, when we think in a common way, this is a kind of a, uh, you know, this is a past life, and this is a future life. And tree become firewood, and firewood become ash. <coughs> but as reality, you know, past has already gone, so it's not reality anymore, and the future has not yet come. So future is not reality. Actual thing at this moment is only firewood. And this is 100% firewood. That means this present moment is only actual moment. Right? I think so. <laughs> that means you know, past is not here anymore, and the future is not yet here, yet. So this present moment is only actual moment, only reality, only real thing. That means this, for this thing to be firewood is only reality. And uh, before and after is cut off. And important point is this, this present moment has no length. Does make no length. If, if there is a slight length, slightest length, we can cut into two. And this part is past. This part is future. So present moment has no length, actually zero. To me, this is really important. You know, this 
present moment is only real moment, only reality, but this moment is zero. <coughs> right? If even there is a, a slightest you know length, we can still cut into two. So present moment is simply uh, what is it called a border of past and future. Nothing is there. And yet, past is already gone. Future has not yet come. This means time disappears. Time is our uh, mind production. Time is our creation. That means time is a fiction. Actually, there's no such thing called a time. Time is a kind of a system uh, we created in order to understand that change. And we you know, measure the time, and we think there are, really, there is time. And we follow that uh, system of time. But, well. <laughs> <laughs> Time is precious. <laughs> One time I flew from San Francisco to Anchorage, Alaska. And I didn't know there was time difference between San Francisco and uh, Anchorage. And so when uh, arriving, the airplane arriving in Anchorage, uh, there's announcement that uh, there's time difference. So we should change our watch. At that time, I thought, what time is it at the North Pole? You know, North Pole and South Pole, they don't have time. There's no time. To me, that was strange. <laughs> yeah. And if Santa Claus really lived at the uh, North Pole, you know, in his house, the, in the center of his house has no time. And around there, he has 24 hours. It's really interesting. And I think that is true. So when he walked one step, he has time difference. To me, this, I thought this is strange. But uh, I think logically speaking, that is true. Uh, so I found, you know, this system of time we are following, actually, is fiction. Even though, even on the North Pole or South Pole, you know, when we put some food, it becomes bad. <laughs> so there's time, but there's no time. How, how can we measure the time? So I found you know, this system of time is a fiction we created in order to make our life kind of convenient. And not only, you know, this uh, system of 24 hours, but, you know, one year or one century or uh, whatever unit of length of time, this is our measurement in order to understand how long we have been living we just use something familiar with us. 
same as when we measure the length, we use the hands or uh, foot. So there's no such thing called time out there. Time is a creation of human mind. Anyway, but, but Dogen didn't negate this uh, time uh, flows from past to present as a convention. But he said this is not only way we can see the time. You know, uh, each moment is perfect, complete moment. It's not a continuation from the past or to the past, to the future. That is a story we create in our mind. This moment is only actual moment, which has no length. So time disappeared. And another, another kind of time in Dogen's writing, that means there are three kinds of times in his writing, I think. One is you know, our common idea, concept of time, which flows from past to the present, and present to the future. And the next one is time without length, this moment. And the third kind is uh, you know, from the moment of Big Bang until now, and also until the end of this universe. I don't know how this universe ends. But this is simply one moment. There's no such uh, segments. And there's no way we measure it. You know, there's no such segment like one year in that universe. But we measure the time and we make that kind of a segment. So there's no such thing as one year if human beings are not here. I think that is true. And when I use this word eternity, eternity is the time which, that, which doesn't flow. This is simply one moment without any segment. Time doesn't flow. I think that is what uh, eternity means, at least to me. So eternity and permanence are different. Permanence means within this flow of time, something uh, continues to exist without change. To me, that is permanence. But, and what the Buddha said is there's no such things that can stay without change. So there's no permanence. Everything is impermanent. But this eternity is uh, another way of viewing the same reality. We usually think time flows and things change. But one way of seeing time is time has no length, only this moment. And another uh, way is you know, time doesn't flow. This is simply one moment. The, you know, these three views, through way of viewing 
the time, I think is very important and interesting. So when I use the word eternity, or for example, eternal life of Buddha, that is simply this uh, uh, whole time which the, without any segment. That means without being observed and measured by human beings. The time, the time itself has no uh, flow. It's simply one moment. And, uh, you know, our common sense time is moving, changing. And uh, this zero, no length, time without length is a kind of a gateway from this common sense time to the eternity. That means when we really focus on this moment only, we settle down right now, right here. There's uh, the time which has no length is there, only this moment. And that is the gateway we not see, we cannot see that uh, this eternity appeared. It's not a matter of I can see or I can observe or I can ex even experience, but this uh, eternity revealed within no time without length. That means when we really focus on right now, right here, and that is what we do in our Zazen. So within this Zazen, one moment of Zazen, you know, of course we are part of this flow of time, and yet uh, this, when we really focus on this moment, then time disappeared, time becomes zero. Then uh, this eternity appeared, revealed. That is a kind of inter uh, magical thing, but I think that is true. I mean, uh, this is also, I think, what Dogen wrote in Jiji Zanmai. You know, he says, uh, when we sit uh, displaying Buddha Mudra, even for a short time, even for a short time means a short period of time within our daily lives. And when we just sit, then uh, time without length appeared. We really focus on this moment without thinking about past or future. Then Dogen said, this sitting is one with all beings in the, from in the past and future within this entirety. That is a kind of a source of my understanding of these three kind of times. Anyway, when we understand in this way, you know, at this moment, firewood is simply and 100% firewood. This is not the result or next uh, life 
of the living tree. And to be a firewood is not the stage to the next step that is become ash. So tree is tree. When this is this was tree, just tree, hundred percent tree. When this is a firewood, this is hundred percent firewood. When this is become ash, then this is hundred percent ash. There is no such movement in this case. Such change. And yet, at the same time, you know, this is changing moment by moment. This changing moment by moment means firewood does not cling to the uh, dharma position of firewood. Firewood is 100% firewood, but firewood uh, has no hesitation to become ash. That is a liberation, being free from this dharma position of firewood. And yet, this is 100% firewood. This, these two sides is uh, liberation and uh, manifestation, in my understanding of what he's writing. Well, it's already 4.30. You have some question? Karma is a causation, that is a change, or change and a continuation within this process. Say that again, please. Karma is a continuation and change within this time structure. But at this moment, if uh, as my, my karma, I'm shohaku, a Japanese, a Buddhist, a priest, that is what I decided to become a Buddhist priest. And I studied and practiced. So now I'm a Buddhist priest. This is uh, my Dharma position now. And this is a part of my karma. And this continues. Uh, this doesn't last forever sometimes. Or, and also, uh, even though to be a Buddhist priest is my karma, karmic condition, but I'm a Buddhist priest only when I put on this clothes. When I go back home, I'm not a priest. I'm a husband or a father. So that is my karma. So karma is not only one. So we can change. And this, this idea is, I think, the basis of we can change. 
we can uh, start to start fresh each moment. You know, there's continuation, but we can make change. Not hundred percent. We cannot be different person, but we can uh, start fresh because past is already gone. Depending upon what we do now, our future may different. So there's a both continuation and how can I say independence of each moment. These two sides is what he's talking. Revelation. I'm not I'm a priest, but not always so. I can be something else. So this not always so is important. One more uh, thing. Um, so when you're saying this, what also comes to mind is this phrase that stuck with me from Suzuki Roshi about let karma work on the voidness of space. And that seems to be like, I think what you're saying is in this continuation, there are the independence of each moment, mm -hmm. no past, no future. Mm -hmm. And so there, if there's no Yes, but somehow, but somehow, not always so. <laughs> that means within this moment or without length, entire past is included and the entire future is also included. That's what uh, Sawakiros meant, you know, as a uh, individual living beings, our lifespan is only 70 or 80 years. But when we really focus on right now, right here, and being free from this self, this self-centered self, then we are living together with all beings within entire time, from past and the future, within this structure because we are one with everything. So this is a strange thing. Is that, is that connected to what you were saying earlier on about um, only a Buddha together with a Buddha? Yeah. Because you can't have a Buddha alone. Right. Because a Buddha is connected to everything. Right. Yeah. And realize the, the, the true reality of all beings. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Dogen is an interesting person. He used he used you know these Yoibutsu, only Buddha and together Buddha as the name of uh, Buddha. One Buddha is Yoibutsu, only Buddha, another is together Buddha. And this is used in Shobo Genzo Gyobutsu Iki. Gyobutsu Iki is practicing Buddha's uh, dignified conduct. Mm -hmm. 
this is the common way of reading this expression, gyo butsu igi. Gyo is practice, and butsu is Buddha, and igi is a dignified conduct. And gyo is a verb, so practicing uh, Buddha's dignified conduct is a common uh, meaning. But he, again, he cha changed the way of reading this phrase. And he put this uh, gyo and butsu as one word. And gyo butsu is a name of one Buddha. And igi, uh, dignified conduct. So he interprets this expression as a dignified conduct of gyo butsu. Buddha whose, whose name is gyo, practice. So that means practice is Buddha, not a person. We, we are deluded human beings, but our practice, our action can be Buddha. If we, we do things following Buddha's teaching and f being free from our, our uh, ego attachment, then this practice is Buddha. Anyway, within this uh, first school of Shobogenzo, Dogen used this Yuibutsu and Yobutsu as a name of two our two names of a Buddha. One is only Buddha, means our practice is only for ourselves. My action is only mine. I cannot practice for you, and you cannot practice for me. And yet, uh, and yet we are practicing together. Within one practice, one, one, one side is, this is only my practice. And another side, there's no such thing as my practice. We are pra practicing together with all beings. So this one practice can be called uh, with two names. One is only Buddha, and another is together Buddha. That is how you know, Dogen <laughs> play with words and try to uh, point out very kind of a new, very new, fresh, unique insight of our practice. And I think this kind of you know, insight about time is the same, time and being. So, you know, Uji, being and time are one thing. Came, I think, is the same with this this three kind of uh, time. I think. Well, I'm sorry, it's already four forty. Uh, if we have time, if, if we have question, please ask me tomorrow morning. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.